Craig. Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice in the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. And today we will be talking about uh, some all-time World Series stuff, as well as a little bit of baseball news. So, uh, you ready, Corwin? I am ready. All right, let's start with the small bit of baseball news that we have. Um, let's start on the high note that the Cubs have hired their new manager. They have hired David Ross uh, to skip the, the the team going forward. Um, I forgot who he was. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you had to remind me because I just did not remember him as a human <laughs> being. Uh, so what's your first impression of this hire? It's kind of weird. You know, like this was one of those things where it was, it seemed like it just came out of nowhere. Like nobody was really expecting them to go with David Ross. Uh, everyone kind of expected them to go with the bench coach from the Astros. I forget his name off the top of my head. I heard that um, and I heard Joe Girardi, which we can talk about in a second. Right. Um, I don't hate it. I mean, I'm a Pirates fan, so if this doesn't work out for the Cubs, fantastic. If it does work out, this is a fantastic story, and you can't really hate on that. Um, I love David Ross as a person, all the publicity and storylines that were coming around uh, when the Cubs were going on that World Series run. He just seems like such a great person um, and really loved to be a part of that team. Everyone on that team had really great things to say about him. And, uh, you know, hopefully it works out. Yeah, this also continues the trend of catchers becoming managers of the MLB. There are so many former catchers that are managers of the MLB because catchers have to do a lot with the hitting staff and the pitching staff. So pretty common there. Uh, David Hess. I did it again. David Ross. Mm -hmm. Fuck. I don't know why I'm saying Hess. Um <laughs> He played for 15 years from 2002 to 2016. Any guess on how many teams? Uh, six. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Damn. Yeah, I played for the Dodgers uh, for three and a half years. Then got, no, for three years. Then the uh, Pittsburgh for half a season and San Diego for half a season and then Cincinnati for two and a half years before getting traded to Boston then Atlanta for four years Boston for two more years and then his last two years with Chicago the Cubs do you remember anything about him from any team other than the Cubs not a single one not at uh, all yeah not at all he, and, and here's why Corwin out of his 15 year career he has amassed um, 521 hits uh, 106 home runs, 10.2 war. That's not great. And two World Series rings. <laughs> That's less than Mookie Betts last year in a 15-year career. Granted, no one's comparing, you. you know, David Ross to Mookie Betts, but it's just funny how that works out. Yeah. Um. I I do. I am so curious about what he's going to bring to the table that. Uh, a Joe Madden or a Joe Girardi wouldn't. I think he's, you know, maybe youth is a factor here. He's 42, which is 24 full years younger than Joe Madden, I believe. And uh, got to be 10 years, maybe more than uh, younger than Joe Girardi. So maybe there is like that youth clubhouse factor you were talking about. But I, I don't really know what else there could uh, 
it's tough to say with managers these days since the front office has so much say in what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Like, it's one of those parts of baseball where, like, baseball is still a relatively new sport to me. It's only been, you know, a, a small handful of years that I've been following it. And I'm not really comfortable knowing the ins and outs of what it takes to be a manager and what makes a good one. Like, in the NFL, I know what generally makes a good head coach what makes a good offensive coordinator whatnot what makes a someone a bad one um i have no idea for any of those factors for baseball um so it's really hard to say like whether or not um this is going to work out or if he's a great candidate for it all i can speak on is what people have said about him and people say a lot of great things uh yeah it's um it's 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 just tough to say nowadays because again, like the front office has so much say in what happens on a baseball diamond. For instance, like if if you take the front office aspect out of it, what does the manager do? He makes the lineups every day. He manages the bullpen and the bullpen usage, um, and he you know handles in-game management decisions like uh, how the infield should be aligned, how the batter should approach this at bat. You know, do you send a guy on 3-0 counts? Do you want to bunt here? You make those kind of choices. But again, because so much of that's now being dictated by things like math and matchup stats, it's just like how much does, you know, your manager actually do there? That was a big point of contention with the Yankees this past year is like, oh, how much is Boone actually doing shit? Um, is that why they fired Girardi so they could get a guy more willing to just do what the front office tells them to do? And it's tough, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that uh, there is one other piece of baseball news that has been circulating a lot recently um, the Houston Astros vice president did you see all this yeah what's his name Taubman yeah Taubman um, I don't know what to make of it because I feel like I missed the initial I feel like I missed I missed the initial news that kind of set this all off I feel like it was, if I'm remembering it correctly, it's he said some things um, talking about uh, Ozuna and basically how great he was and how glad they got him in front of some female reporters and that um, just they didn't take that very well. It was maybe something he said. Why don't you give me a little background? Uh, yeah, so basically what happened is there were some uh, female reporters in the Astros clubhouse after they... Um, after they beat the Yankees to move on to the World Series. So it was their um, ALCS victory um, celebration, in, in in clubhouse celebration. And there were a few female reporters, on a, uh, a, at least one of them, wearing a uh, purple domestic violence uh, uh, wristband. Uh, uh, I forget what the name of the foundation is that, that employs the purple wristband to raise awareness uh, for domestic violence but he was she was wearing one of those and the uh one of the houston astros executives uh brandon taubman started aggressively shouting at her about how uh great it was that they they we got osuna thank god we got osuna um and kind of rubbing i guess he didn't like the fact that, that they were making not even making a statement, just there. 
and also aware of domestic violence issues. And so he picked the player. And for anyone who's unaware, Roberto Osuna was suspended for 80 games last year for domestic violence. So there's a reason he brought he picked that specific player. Because it's not like Osuna did them like he didn't do, he did a fine job the world in the world in the ALCS, but like that specific game, like he let up a game time bottom of the or top of the ninth home run that kept the Yankees in it for an inning longer than they should have been or half inning longer than they should have been. So like I did see that in that game specifically, he was rated as the worst player to play in it for the Astros. Yeah, like if anything, he should have been like, thank God we have Jose Altuve. Like right. Thank God we took a chance on this little man who keeps doing great things for us. Um, people still call him little man. Yeah, well, he is tiny. And so a bunch of reporters, because he said this to not just random women, which would still be inexcusable, but he said it's a female reporters. So they all just right. like wrote stories about it because no fucking shit. And then <laughs> the Astros came out and said, no, that's not what happened. This is slander. This is libel. Like, it's really irresponsible journalism on the part of these women. And then even more people came out and said, no, we were there. Like, it was the ALCS victory celebration. There were so many reporters there. Like, they all were like, no, this absolutely happened. And you should not lie about this. And yet they did. And there's now, like, this a bunch of reporters are like, there should be apologies issued. MLB should step in. Like, this is so inexcusable to just outright lie to the media like this uh, um and it's become kind of a weird moment given the fact that the astros are also in the world series now so it's been a weird time for astros fans yeah i saw that he did put out an apology letter but the big thing was at the end he's like well if anyone was as offended i'm sorry so it's like i'm not sorry but like if you feel bad, sorry I said those things in front of you. Like, it's such like a half-assed, lame-ass excuse that just it comes off so poorly. Oh yeah, it's like one of those big things. Like, uh, if you ever do like a, a public relations writing class or like a business writing class, they're like, yeah, don't ever do that because no one, like, everyone sees right through it every time. Yeah, it's not going to make you look any better. And it didn't. He does not look good at all still. And the Astros in general don't look good in the way they handled this. No, I am I'm shocked at the way that they handled this. Um I I I get all right. So with the Osuna thing from the beginning, like it was really rough. It was really rough when they signed him. I don't know how many people listening to this remember, but like did, there did was they a trade for him or did they sign they him? Traded for him. Yeah, didn't they send away like Ken Giles, Giles? Yep, yep. they yes. traded Ken Giles yeah. to the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays were like, even when Osuna comes back, like we're not playing him. So they're like, right. you can trade you can trade for him if you want, but they're like, he's not, like we do not want him wearing a Blue Jays uniform anymore, which is respectable. Right. Um, and so the, the Astros took a ton of flack for actually trading for the guy while he was still being suspended for the assault. And a lot of people brushed it off where it's like, you know, MLB gave him his suspension. Like, you have to give people a second chance. You know, it's a baseball decision. We're trying to be um, neutral on, like, the whole legality or um, morality of the issue. And in some ways, you can go like, it's fucking shitty, but I kind of get it. It's 
really fucking shitty, but like you can still say from the most cold-hearted perspective possible. Well, he only was suspended for a certain amount. He is eligible to play. He makes the team better. This he did his time, you know. Right. Promises not to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. So you can kind of explain it away a little bit. But then in the wake of that, to have this happen, even though it was like two full ass years later, I it's still oh, it's still so fucking no one year. Yeah. One year. Uh it's still really fucking rough. And it's it's one of those things where say what you will about you know drug use whether it's recreational or peds uh in sports domestic violence is just something that it has no place in sports and i really one of the things that grinds my gears if you will about teams is some teams just don't care you know like we see it with um we saw with the Bengals and joe mixon we saw it with the chiefs and tyree kill we see it now with the astros Granted, all of those situations are different. Tyree Kill has actually gone, I will say, to give him a lot of credit, he's gone really far out of his own way to really support domestic violence in the wake of this. And um, he did a lot of counseling. And he, I think he's worked with like a couple different charities to help promote, you know, the Purple Ribbon stuff and all that. So guys can learn, like people make mistakes and can come back from it. But at the end of the day, it's still something that's a culture issue. And if I was running a team, I don't know if that's something I'd ever really want to deal with. You know, it's one of those one strike and you're out type of deals. Yeah, I I agree. I I just don't. It's easy for us to sit here and say, I don't get why you'd hit a woman. Like, I don't get why you right. hit a woman. But at the same time, it's like, I don't get why teams tolerate other people doing exactly. that. Like, I get that have you know cutting that dude might make your team marginally worse but like don't you want to have integrity like don't exactly. you want to yeah. feel good about yourself every there's now more and then? To, there's more to sports than just wins and championships yeah yeah I'm i know sure. that's hard for a lot of guys who are you know arguably fighting for their jobs to make sure they can bring these championships but at what cost yeah 100 percent. uh i say we can leave it there i agree all right, so let's talk about some World Series stuff. So we're recording this on October 23rd, so we've only had the first World Series game played, so we are um, very anxious to see what happens tonight. So we're not going to talk too much about what's already happened since there'll be a full-ass game played after we record this. So instead, Corwin, what I thought we could do is look at some all-time and single-season postseason statistics. Perfect. So... Uh, let's talk batting first. Uh, let's see. I want to look at who has the highest career postseason batting average. And oh my God, are you not going to get this name at all? Is it Mike Trout? Nah, you had to <laughs> play in more than one game for that to happen. Did you? Before we go into this, there was a post on Reddit that was like, what if we do a second postseason where we take all of the best pitchers from this postseason and just put them up against Mike Trout? to see what would happen if the Angels didn't keep holding him back from reaching the postseason. And that would be fantastic. I c- kind of like that. Yeah, that'd yeah, be really right? fun. Yeah. Just like, it wouldn't be serious in any way, like, if they were to actually do it. But at the same time, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would love to see that. All right. Uh, anyway. 
I, I, I'm not even going to ask you who who the fuck the 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 career leader is in postseason batting average because I don't know who this is. Um, Bobby Brown. No. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. He uh he played for the Yankees from 1946 to 1954. Uh, he had won four World Series rings. Uh, what do you think his career batting average is? Uh, in the postseason or in just... the postseason, which um, for him is just the World Series, but yeah, I don't know, probably five hundred if it's the highest ever. Uh, four thirty nine. Still pretty damn good. It is still pretty good, but I was kind of in your boat. I kind of thought it would be over five hundred because with such small sample sizes, like right. I'm not saying hitting five hundred would be easy, but like it's the easiest it's gonna be. Right, like uh, one series. Granted, it's the World Series, so you're probably gonna be up against some really great pitchers, but like. The highest ever? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Brown, who has a career 6.6 wins above replacement. Did he go on to have a really great singing career? Uh, No. Different uh, Bobby Brown? Different Bobby Brown. Yeah, this is this oh. is a white man. <laughs> Very different guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, actually, this is interesting. So, highest single season postseason batting average. So, that last one was career. What do you think that is? Highest career postseason? Like just in the postseason? Yeah, so like one single postseason season. Uh, that's I'm going to go with 500 again, because why not? So this is where we see what we were just talking about. 727. Damn, who is that? Again, uh, if I gave you 10 million guesses, you'd never get it. Lloyd McClendon. Oh, Lloyd McClendon, you know, that baseball player. Yeah, yeah, he played for the Pirates. Ah, oh, shit, I should know this one. I, I'm not surprised you do, because he has his career, um, 1987 to 1994, and he has a career total war of negative 0.6. Okay, so a guy who sucked normally and was gone before I was born, I will give myself uh, a little slack on that one. I would, too. Yeah, so he <laughs> played... So this happened in, in 1992 was when he batted 727 in 16 plate appearances in the postseason. Um, the Pirates, so we know it wasn't the World Series. I would have to doubt it. Uh, his regular season stats, he played in 84 games. Um, he got 48 hits, three home runs, one triple, 20 RBI, an OPS of a cool 100, and nothing about his base reference page is impressive in the slightest. Nope. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, notable names on this list. Uh, Babe Ruth is third with a uh, 625 in 1928. And Lou Gehrig is also on this list for 1928 at 545. Yeah, those guys uh, you would expect to be on this list. Ooh, the most recent name, 2017. Ooh, he batted 571. Uh, 2017? Yeah. So that was the year Houston won it. I'm going to go yes. with uh, fucking Jose Altuve. Not on the Red, uh, not on the Astros. Yeah. Darn. Who? Hanley Ramirez. Really? Really? Man, who is, I think, no longer in baseball. No. Man, I feel like I would have remembered that. Same. Uh, but, yeah, no. that Yeah, that's him. There he is. He's standing there. Eh, he's got that on his mantle to, uh, along with a lot of money, keep him getting through the day without being uh, in baseball anymore. Yeah, I'm sure he'll survive. 
Uh, let's see who has the highest career slugging percent in the postseason. And that is a man by the name of Colby Rasmus. What a name. Yikes. The Amish freak. Yeah, Colby Rasmus. Uh, I'm shocked. I haven't heard this name in forever. Right. Um, is he still playing? No, he has no 2019 no, stats. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he retired. He has the highest career slugging all time in the postseason. That's insane. By a lot, too, may I say. By a lot. What is it? It's 1,038. Ooh. Next highest is Jorge Soler at 781. Like, that's not even OPS. That's just slugging percentage. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's I have a strong nuts. feeling he's going to have the highest OPS all time, too. If all right. So what's more surprising that Kobe Rasmus has the highest slugging percent or that Jorge Soler is second? Um, I would say Colby Rasmus having the top one. At least Jorge, Jorge Soler has like had good seasons and you know is a really good player. Colby Rasmus was always kind of one of those fringe guys. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Jorge Soler has always Jorge Soler did just hit like nearly 50 home runs this year, so that's right, a good point. Yeah. Uh, Babe Ruth is number five on this list with a 744, and Lou Gehrig is seventh on this list with a 731. Oh, and Hank Aaron also on this list, seven ten. Nice. Listen to these plate appearances, um, and you'll you'll very clearly hear when uh, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig's numbers come up. So <laughs> I'll just start from number one to, down to number ten. Uh, Thirty five plate appearances, forty one, forty three, eighty eight, one hundred sixty seven, <laughs> sixty six, one hundred and fifty, forty nine, seventy four, forty six. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And that's Who just the thought Lou Gehrig and fucking Babe Ruth would be really good at baseball. So, uh, highest single season slugging percent for the postseason. Um, what do you think it is? How recent is it? Oh, highest single season slugging? Yeah. In a single postseason? Yes. 1,200? You know what's crazy? Is that it's so far off. Because this is a stupid fucking number. 1727. Holy sweet Jesus. Yeah, 1928 Lou Gehrig. And 1928 Lou Gehrig has been all over this fucking thing. I need to look up his his um his postseason batting because fuck, this is I gotta see what this line was. All right, nineteen twenty-eight. Okay. So he played in oh right, because just the World Series. Four games. Um, so it's a sweep, 17 plate appearances, 11 at-bats, five runs on six hits, one double, zero triples, four home runs, nine RBI for a 545 batting average, a 706 on base, a 1727 slugging, and a 2433 OPS. Sweet Jesus. And a win probability added of 99. That's insane. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Wow. All right. That's really high. Uh-huh. Uh, Babe, Babe Ruth is tied for second on this list, also his 1928 season. And man, if that doesn't illustrate to you why Murderer's Row was called Murderer's Row back then, <laughs> fuck. God damn. His OPS was 2433. That's really high. That's. Uh, uh, yeah, dude, it's disgusting. Okay, uh, let's jump straight over to OPS for a career. 
Okay. It's the same top two. It's still Colby Rasmus and Jorge Soler. I just don't understand this. I yeah yeah Colby Rasmus at a sixteen ten career OPS um, OPS in the postseason and Jorge Soler a twelve sixty nine. Those are phenomenal numbers. I'm all about it. Uh, best single season OPS in the postseason is still Lou Gehrig's twenty four thirty three. Followed immediately by Babe Ruth's 1928 season with 2022. Can you imagine having a 2022 OPS for any stretch of time and being the second best player on your team? Could I imagine that? No, I can't imagine ever hitting a baseball in major leagues, in the major leagues. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Just uh, who do you think has played the most postseason games in their career? The most postseason games in their career? Yep. Luke Gehrig, I guess? Uh, no, because he's, a, he's actually not even in the top 10 because he only had the World Series. True. All right. So um, these are pretty modern players as a result. The most... Man, who has just been to a shit ton of World Series? Um, I guess I'm going to go with somebody from like the Giants. So like Buster Posey? Nope. No, because that's all postseason, I guess. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, I'm actually a little bit surprised here, my, my friend, that you didn't get it. Derek Jeter. Oh, that's such a better one. Yeah. Here, here, here's the, the, the top four. And, and I mean, you're going to know all these names. I might as well just read the entire top ten. Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams are the top three. Like three out of four of the core four. Uh, well, I guess Bernie Williams isn't part of the core four, but two out of four of the core four. Um, and Mariano Rivera is on this list at number eight. So three out of four of the two, of the core four, with just missing uh, Andy Pettit, who I think has the most postseason innings pitched of all time. So he's still there. Uh, after that, it's David Justice, who also was on the Yankees for a spell. David Justice, uh, man. Manny Ramirez, Tito Martinez, another Yankee. Yadi Molina. Uh, number eight is Mariano Rivera. Number number nine is Kenny Lofton, and number ten is Chipper Jones. All big name guys. Yeah, and all relatively modern dudes. So Derek Jeter basically played an entire season of the postseason, just in postseason games. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, something that I should have gotten for sure. But oh well. Yeah, what can you do? So Derek Jeter also leads the list in at bats, and you know, yeah, whatever. Uh, anything you're oh, actually no? I want to know who hit the most home runs, career home runs in the postseason. In the uh, postseason. Oh, did you uh, want to guess? I mean, I guess maybe like Alex Rodriguez or something crazy. I don't know. Uh, no, he is not here. Not in the top ten. Manny Ramirez, number one. Again, crazy. Twenty nine. And granted, uh, he did play for a good while. Yeah, he did. And he was seemingly always in the playoffs mm-hmm. with either the Indians or the Red Sox or the Dodgers, always there. Right. I'll, I'll just read out this top 10 because these are all names you're going to know. Uh, Manny Ramirez, number one, 29. Bernie Williams, a 22. Derek Jeter with 20. Albert Pujols with 19. A tie between Reggie Jackson and Mickey Mantle with 18. A tie between David Ortiz, Jim Tomey, and Nelson Cruz with 17. And then at number 10 is Carlos Beltran with 16. Hmm. Most, cool in, most in one postseason, a three-way tie between Nelson Cruz, Carlos Beltran, and Barry Bonds. They each hit All eight. Right. 
that actually Barry Bonds probably would have been a good pick just because, you know, it's Barry Bonds. Yeah, but, but he his, his problem was that his team is just like never went to the postseason. Right. Uh, anything else you'd like to hear from from batting? Um, from batting, uh, who has the most strikeouts in the World Series or postseason? Oh, this makes a lot of sense. It's it's the exact same list of who's been to the postseason the most. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, number one, Derek Jeter. Number two, Harry Posada. Number three, Manny Ramirez. Number four, like it's the same top ten list. So, looking at these numbers, is Derek Jeter the worst player to ever play in the postseason because he has so many strikeouts? Uh, well, we can only surmise that yes, he in fact is. Statistics, man. So actually, this let's, we'll do this as, as the last one for batting since we touched on this for our World Series preview. Win probability added in the okay. postseason. Okay. Who do you think has the most for their career? Win probability added? Probably Derek Jeter. No, Derek Jeter not in the top 10. Interesting. But you All 100% right. know who this is. Lay it on me then. David Ortiz. Uh, there you go. Man, I should know these things. Uh, yeah, 3.2. Number two, Albert Pujols, 2.9. Number three, Justin Turner at uh, 2.8. And then we have uh, Lance Berkman, Pete Rose, Lou Gehrig, Carlos Beltran, Eric Hosmer, uh, David Fries, and Mike Miguel Cabrera. Not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting list. Uh, the most all-time in one season is a tie between uh, David Fries and David Ortiz. Each with 1.9. Good shit right there. Yeah. All right, shall we move oh, this over to man. pitching? Uh, Yes. All right, Corbin, who has the best ERA in postseason history? Career. Uh, career? Let's go with, like, Randy Johnson or something. Nope, not in the top 10. Fuck. Clayton Kershaw? Uh, oh, God, no. Come on. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm upset, my friend. Mariano oh, Rivera. Oh, I forgot relievers are a thing. God damn it. And what's funny is that of all the players in this top 10, Mariano has by far the most innings. Really? Well, yeah. I guess that makes sense. So Mariano's ca- career ERA in the postseason is 0.7. Holy shit. Yeah, followed by a bunch of old-ass names I don't know and a few I do. Um, number two is Harry Breach- Brechin? Harry Brechin, um, who played for St. Louis, um, 42 career war, so he was pretty good. He played from 1940 to 1953. Never heard his name before, but good for him. Uh, Jeremy Affelt. Number four is Babe Ruth, actually. Um, Five. Sherry Smith, six, Andrew, Sandy Koufax tied with Andrew Miller. Um, eight is Christy Mathewson. Nine is Monte Pearson. And then 10 is Steven Strasburg. All right. Yeah. Uh, their innings totals. There are only two pitchers on this list who threw over 100 innings in the postseason. Um, Christy Mathewson threw 101.2 innings in the postseason, which is so fucking much. But that's just as a result of his time period. Mariana Rivera. 141. Damn. Yeah. Um, the next highest after Christy Mathewson, just to illustrate, so number three for innings pitched is Sandy Koufax with 57. So Mo threw over two and a half times that. 
That's absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, single season ERA isn't interesting because there's a bunch of dudes that have zero, um, which is impressive, I guess. But there's also a like 10 dudes all tied for first place with zero earned runs allowed in the postseason. So I don't really care about that. I do care about, though, uh, or I am interested in, I should say, career postseason wins as a pitcher. Because we could see some movement on this. Um, who do you think has first? And career postseason wins? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. All time? All time. Um, I don't know. Andy Pettit. Act, there you go. All these yeah. things make a lot of sense when you tell them to me, but like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get any of these. So Andy Pettit has the most. He has 19. Uh, second place is John Smoltz with 15. And then third place is a tie between Tom Glavin with 14 and Justin Verlander with 14. Hmm. So if Justin Verlander, who I guess is pitching tonight, um, were to win, like, you know, I guess two more starts, put him at 16 for second most. And maybe if they make it, uh, if he plays again next season, which I imagine he would be, um, he might be able to break it next season, if not one more after that, if all things go well. Mm -hmm. uh but yeah ain't that some shit uh where's mad bum on this madison bumgarner i don't see him in the top 10 that's all i have in front that's fair yeah uh the the fewest number of wins in the top 10 is a is a tie with 10 uh it's a it's a five-way tie between whitey ford dave stewart dave wells chris carpenter and cc sabathia CC Sabathia, kind of good at baseball. He has been known to be. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So there's a lot of pitching stats and um, they vary in what we care about. So, Corwin, why don't you just give me a few pitching stats you want to hear about for the postseason? I can tell you who leads in those categories. Uh, strikeout rate. All right. Let's find strikeout rate. Um, I have strikeouts per nine. That work for you? That'll work. All right, the career leader in strikeouts per nine. He is an active player who was in this postseason. An active player? Justin Verlander? Not Justin Verlander. Not a starter. Not a starter. So we're looking at a reliever. Um, are we talking an older guy or a younger guy? Uh, middle, maybe somewhere uh, approaching the older side. Ah, shit. This is going to be hard. Um, yeah. Man, I don't know. Played for the Yankees. Everyone plays still, for the Yankees. Still plays for the Yankees because he's active, I should say. Uh, Andrew Miller? I no, Andrew Miller does not still play for the Yankees. That wouldn't work. Although he no. is number three on this list. Um, I don't know. Ooh. Araldis Chapman. There you go. Uh, yeah, his strikeout per nine uh, in the postseason for his career is 13.255. Not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, also on this list, Wade Davis, Andrew Miller, Kenley Jansen, Steven Strasburg, Brad Lidge, Sterling Hitchcock, Francisco <laughs> Rodriguez, Jake Arrieta, and Ryan Madsen. All right. I don't know some of those guys, but... Same. Uh, the single-season strikeout per nine leader is Chris Sale in 2018. 14.087. Uh, Absolutely filthy. 
Yeah. God, he was so good last year. You know, what's interesting is that uh, single season, I don't see in the top 10 anywhere, Aroldis Chapman. And it's weird because his career is 13.26, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd assume that somewhere in there he needs to have, that's, you know, you need to have uh, a season over that or at least around that because that's your average. And right. yet the lowest is actually current. It's, it's 2019 Garrett Cole at uh, 12.7. And Araldis Chapman's not on the single season list, which is weird, right? That's got to be an error of some kind. I'm wondering if it's an innings thing. Like he just doesn't never had enough innings in one postseason to, I don't know what qualify in quotes would look like, but maybe that's it. We have to have a certain amount of innings for the postseason to, again, quote unquote, qualify. Yeah, because you know what? Looking at this list, almost all of these guys are starters. Really? Yeah, it's Chris Sale, then Andrew Miller from 2016, um, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg. Andrew Miller, he wasn't a starter. No, but he he was always a, a bulk pitcher, so he always threw okay. multiple innings. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Steven Strasburg, Francisco Rodriguez, Max Scherzer again, Sterling Hitchcock, Jake Arrieta, Mike Messina, Garrett Cole, and almost all of those guys are starters. So that's got to be it. All right. Give me another pitching stat you want to hear about. Um, what kind of how in depth do these stats get? Ah, pick one. I'll see if it's here. I have a bunch of them. Um. Man, it, all right, you pick one. I, I got to think of one. All right, well, let's do Whip. I like Whip. I also like the Nene. I hate you. All right. <laughs> um, career. We talked about him today. Not a Yankee. Relief pitcher. For, for active. Whip, relief pitcher. Yankee. Not active, you said? Not not a Yankee and active. You had it backwards. Not a Yankee and active. Um, hmm. And we talked I, about him today. We did in depth. Ah, shit. Who did we talk about in depth today? Oh, uh, Roberto Osuna. Yep. Yeah. Roberto Osuna, zero point six seven seven. Look at you, Corwin. You have some memory on you. Yeah. Um. Uh, so it's Roberto Osuna, Jeremy Afelt, Monte Pearson, Roy Halladay. Cool. Mariano Rivera, R-I-P-P. Jim Lonborg, Masahiro Tanaka. Kenley Jansen, Sandy Koufax, and Garrett Cole. Man, I love how good Garrett Cole's doing. Can't wait to get him back on the Pirates. <laughs> that requires money. <laughs> oh, uh, God. All right. Single season whip. You can Single either, season whip. I want you to either guess the person who has it or what it is. All right. I will guess both. I'm going to say that a single season whip of zero by none other than Zero? Andrew Miller. Yeah, I don't know. Fine. Uh, point four by Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller has no seasons in the top ten. Shit. Uh, the whip, you were really close. It's point four three eight, which is ah. just so fucking disgusting. Yeah. And it is 2003 Mariana Rivera. Yeah, Mariana would have been a good guess, but man, I was really hoping someone at some point just was so fucking filthy that he was perfect in like four appearances and qualified. Yeah. Um, Alas. So 16 innings pitched for Mariano's uh, uh, 2003 campaign, That's which so means he allowed like, I don't know, 
eight base runners the whole let seven base runners the whole postseason which is nuts this is fucking stupid That's fucking man. nuts so fucking stupid <laughs> meanwhile garrett cole let up double that yesterday he didn't but no it felt like he did laugh. yeah 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 uh did you come uh, up with one you want to hear about yeah quality starts Ooh, let's see if that's kept track of. I didn't know. I didn't look for it. Um, I don't have quality starts. Damn. I have complete games. That'll work. All right. Um, I can't imagine there's been that many. How many? How many do you think that the uh, career leader has? Uh, five. Double it. Ten. Wow. Christine Mathewson. I don't know who that is. Uh, he is one of the original greatest baseball players of all time. Uh, oh, so Mike Trout before Mike Trout. Got it. He he was a pitcher. He played from 1900 to 1916. Um, <laughs> I picked up on the fact that he was a pitcher, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's okay. He has 103.9 WAR. Oh wow. Yeah, he has a two-time Triple Crown winner, a five-time ERA title, and has a World Series. And like I said, he's just... like If you look at his baseball reference page, there's so much black ink. It's fucking nuts. Uh, black ink, for anyone unaware, is when... like If you go to baseball reference and you see bolded numbers, that means that you led the league in something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's used for determining Hall of Fame eligibility, or um, Hall of Fame likelihood of getting in, I should say. Uh, and so Christy Matheson's baseball reference page is loaded with black ink uh he was really fucking good even in an era at which a lot of these stats were more common like having shutouts in complete games were more common he still was one of the best at doing them so not a huge surprise given the era that he leads this list um names corwin would know number uh, tied for number three bob gibson with eight also cool considering this is a shorter postseason. Uh number five, yeah. Whitey Ford, Yankee pitcher. Pretty good at baseball. And number six, I'm iffy on whether you would know him, but he's a really famous pitcher, Jim Palmer. The name sounds extremely familiar, but I don't think I could get the team. Uh he he was um he was on the Baltimore Orioles. He was like their he was their ace for like a long ass time in like the sixties, seventies. Oh, and also the eighties, apparently. Okay. Three Cy Young, three Cy Young wins, uh, three World Series wins, two ERA titles, six-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, and the Hall of Fame was sixty-eight point four WAR. Uh, looking up his Wikipedia page, he has been married to two different women named Susan. So there you go. Leads the league in Susans per nine. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. I also have win probability added here. Uh, do you want to hear it as we close out pitching, or is there anything else you want to hear before we get to that? No, that's a great way to close it out. Okay. You can choose. Uh, do you want to give player and or total win probability added for pitcher career? Um, I bet it's Mariano Rivera. It is Mariano. It's such a yeah. safe bet. It is Mariano Rivera. It really Rivera. is. Now that I've picked up on you know the pattern for this game, uh, I think I'm going to do real good on the test. Just what do you think? Mariano Rivera in everything. You, would just, you wouldn't be wrong. What do you think it is? What do you think the, his career win probability added was? To be fair, I don't think I would know a baseline win probability average off the top of my head. Well, so. I'll give you the ones just as a refresher. The career win probability added for a batter 
was David Ortiz's 3.2. Then I'm going to say Mariano was at 4.4. 11.7. Sweet fucking Christ. What? Yeah. And, and it's not like it, it gets crazy high because number two is Kurt Schilling with 4.1, which is way closer to, to the David Ortiz number of 3.2. Yeah, 11.7. And Kurt Schilling is a well-known, fantastic postseason pitcher. Oh, yeah. Same thing with, same with John ankle, Smoltz, man. who's down there. Andy yeah. Pettit's down on this list. Madison, Madison Bumgarner has 2.7. Um, yeah, Mauro Rivera. I'm sorry, 11.7. am I taking crazy pills? Yeah, man. Mariano Rivera. <laughs> Real Sweet. fucking good. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking disgusting, isn't it? Do you have a Mariano Rivera jersey, Josh? I feel like you definitely do. I actually don't. I don't have the only non-catcher Yankees jersey I have is a Jeter away jersey. Well, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mariano Rivera. Real fucking good. Um, what do you think the single season total um, or, or all time record is? Not to help Mariano Rivera. I will put that out there. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be something under 11. It yeah yeah single season so yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, 1.3. Uh, 2.1 by Kurt Schilling in 01. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, number two is Madison Bumgarner's 2014 campaign with 1.7. That'll help, yeah. Yeah, which also makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. uh, Mariano Rivera is on this list three times in the top ten. Uh, the number six overall season with uh, his 2000 campaign at 1.5, his, uh, his 2003 campaign at 1.4, which was tied with his 1999 campaign also at 1.4. Um, yeah. Impressive shit. It's just so much. It's just yeah. it's just beautiful. Impressive. You know what's crazy is that Kurt Schilling leads this list with his um 2.1 win probability added in 2001 in 48.1 innings pitched, right? Mm -hmm. Mariano Rivera ha amassed 1.5 in 2000 in 15.2 innings pitched. That's insane. So if you gave him you know the multiplied his numbers by three which again you can't do but whatever he would blow Kurt Schilling out the fuck his, his win probability added per inning pitched is probably enormous but, <laughs> oh well yeah oh well god gotta oh, love him fucking well yeah for real I thought we could sprint this real quick just because um, it doesn't matter that much but I also have the all time world series batting and pitching leaders so I figured we sure. just pick and choose yeah sure uh, I'll just do like number one overalls. Uh, highest career batting average in the World Series is someone by the name of Phil Gardner. Um, really? Yeah, I don't know who he. Oh, a pirate. Yeah. Um, he, oh, he played for a bunch of teams, not just a pirate. His baseball reference picture is just of him as a pirate. Uh, completely unremarkable as a, as a player. Uh, good, not great. I'll put it that way. Um, single season Billy Hatcher in the nineteen ninety World Series batted seven fifty which is stupid. Um, career on base percentage in the World Series is led by Barry Bonds. Career slugging percent in the World Series is held by Barry Bonds. Career OPS in the World Series is held by Barry Bonds. Do you think um, Barry Bonds is good at baseball? Yeah, he's trying to be. A few more years, he might be. Ooh, he's trying. Uh, ooh, 
most career games played in the World Series. Who do you think it is? Most career, uh, Lou Gehrig? Not Lou Gehrig. Uh, it Babe is a Ruth? Yankee, though. Babe Ruth is number 10 on this list. Fine. Mariano Rivera, who I doubt uh, it will be. No, he's not on this. This is batting, so he definitely wouldn't be on this list. I don't know. He could be the DH every now and again. Who has the no most idea. World Series rings as a player? I feel like this is like general trivia that I should know off the top of my head, but I don't. Yogi Berra. Yeah, it's definitely got to be a Yankee for sure. So yeah, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. How many do you think he has? If just to continue the trivia. Uh, eight. Ten. Fuck. Ten. Yeah, it's and like a, it's like being a, a member of like UCLA basketball back in the day, or like the Boston Celtics. It's like. Yeah, like the people with the most rings, like the top 10 or like nine of them are all Boston Celtics players. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. Um, he also has three more rings as a coach or manager. So he in total has 13 World Series rings. It's so many. Jesus Christ. So he also he can't leaves... even fit them all in two hands. He's got to throw some on his toes. Yeah, he puts the other three what on if... his dick. <laughs> what if he just puts them all on a chain and wears them around his neck? Going out to bars to like pick up chicks. That'd be a pretty fucking baller move. Yeah, that guy drives a BMW. I've won thirteen World Series. Let's go. Uh so he obviously leads the um uh all time list in games played in the World Series with seventy five. Yikes. Seventy five he played like almost games. half a season of just World Series games. What are his uh, career numbers of the World Series? Because that's like a pretty decent sample size to be getting some good numbers from that. Let me uh, let me find it. Uh, so his postseason batting, all of which is just the World Series, because again, there was no nothing else. Um, so in the World Series, he batted lifetime two seventy four, three fifty nine, four fifty two, good for an OPS of eight eleven. Not too shabby. Not shabby at all. That's uh that's pretty fucking good. It and he has um one, two, three, four different uh one thousand or greater OPS seasons in there. Wow. Yeah. Is he good at baseball? Uh he like... was. He was he was something. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now this I'm curious about because oh that's right. So the World Series used to be nine games instead of seven like way back in the day. So there's a whole sure. bunch of tied um, ties for most World Series games played in one season at eight. And I was like, how? And then I, I remembered it used to be nine games. So there's that. Um, who hit the most home runs in the World Series? Uh, um, careers, Mickey Mantle with 18. Uh, and then single season is a tie between Reggie Jackson, Chase Utley, and George Springer with five. George Springer making an appearance. I like it. Uh, most win probability added in their career in the in the World Series is Lou Gehrig at two point three, and in one single World Series, it is Willie Atkins at one point two. Very cool. And let's jump over to pitching for a spell. Do the same thing. These are all World Series stats only. Oh, Corwin, you should definitely get this one right. Who has Ryan the Rivera. lowest? E nope. Who has the lowest ERA in the World Series career? That's not Mariano Rivera. Not Mariano Rivera. Andrew Miller. 
No. Shit. You won MVP. Fuck. What? We talked about it. Chris Sale? No. Fuck. Oh, God. I'm going to look so stupid in this episode. One MVP. Oh, yeah. Okay. That would have been my next guess. 0.25. Man, I am going to look real stupid in this episode. (laughs) Ah, what can you do? Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of these on the spot. Have I answered any of these correctly where the answer was not Mariana Rivera? Moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whitey Ford has the most uh, career pitcher wins in the World Series with 10, which is so fucking many. That's That might be an unbreakable record. Wow, what was it again? 10 World Series wins as a pitcher. Yeah, that's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, the most recent pitcher in this top 10 list is Andy Pettit, and he only has five. What does Bad Bub got? Uh, he's not even on the list. He probably has like four or something. Yeah, three or four is probably a good bet. It's got to be at least four. It's got to be four. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, career leader in whip is Madison Bumgarner with 5.28. The best single season whip in the, in the World Series is Don Larson's 1956 World Series, which makes sense because he threw a perfect game. <laughs> he has four wins, Madison Bumgarner. Two of which came as a starter. Oh yeah, he probably uh, yeah because he I think he's he only closed started, out. He's only started two games in the World Series. It feels like there should be more, but oh well. Yeah. He has a World Series ERA of point six. Oh, mine shows it has as a, a career postseason ERA point two five. Yeah, that's all postseason. Uh, this is just the World Series. No, this should be which should be World Series. Career World Series ERA of 0.25. Um, this one has 0.6. I'm on Baseball Almanac, so... Baseball Almanac can suck all my dick. He's played in 15 innings. Oh, that's weird. What? In 2014, it has him not pitching a single inning. That's not possible. In 2014, he won World Series MVP. Yeah, he has two appearances, two wins. An ERA of infinite, one save, zero innings pitched. What website is this? Baseball Almanac. It's fucking weird. Yeah, I kind of figured this would have been a pretty trustworthy site. Clearly but I not. guess not. Top result on Google. That should show you something right there. Uh, but he does have four World Series wins. Yes. Not rings, just wins. Yes, wins. Just uh, pitcher, pitcher wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. So we just did whip, um, strikeouts per nine. The career leader in the World Series is Orlando Hernandez, eleven point three. Uh, single season World Series was Roger Clemens' two thousand one campaign of twelve point eight. Um, Damn. most career games played in the World Series there, Corwin, as a pitcher. Uh, twelve. Oh, it's so many more than that. Uh, but who do you think it is? 1,200. Uh, I don't know. Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera. There we 20. go. 24. Damn. That's a lot. Yeah. For some uh, reason, I was thinking game started. Oh, that would make more sense. Yeah. Um, Mariano Rivera, also the career leader in postseason saves, or sorry, uh, World Series saves, which is not a surprise. He has 11 of them. Uh, most innings pitched in the World Series is Whitey Ford with 146. 
Uh, most strikeouts period in the World Series is Whitey Ford with 94. Jesus. Uh, although in one single World Series, it's Bob Gibson in 1968 with 35, followed by Bob Gibson in 1964 with 31, followed by not Bob, Bob Gibson. Gibson? Fuck. No. Bob Gibson. Another awesome. one wrong. He does appear at number five, though, in his 1967 campaign. Bob Gibson, really fucking good at baseball. Um, win probability added for their career as a pitcher in the World Series. It's not Mariano Rivera. You will never get this person. You want to hear it? Yes. All right. It is Art Neff. Uh, him. Yeah, Art Neff, who uh two-time World Series winner. He played from 1915 to 1929. His career started with the Boston Braves, a team that does not exist any well, I guess it does exist. It's just not in Boston anymore. Uh yeah, yeah. His career win probability added in the World Series is 2.7. After that, it's red roughing. And then after that, it's Mariano Rivera at 2.4. Uh, Red Ruffing, who uh, played from 1924 to 1947. So a lot of weird names here. Yeah, but baseball really attracts the just ridiculous names. Yeah, for reference, one of, one of my favorite baseball names is here at number seven on the career World Series win probability added list. Raleigh Fingers. I love him. Love him so much. His mustache is legendary. The Jaguars are doing a... Uh, best mustache contest like uh one of those brackets because you know Gardner Minshew and their owner Shad Khan Raleigh Fingers or Raleigh Fingers was on there oh that's awesome they put him up against the owner of the team hosting the contest so he didn't win but you know yeah I call bias just a little bit just a Uh, tad single season world series win probability added leader is um, 1921's Wait Hoyt with 1.6. Uh, after that, it's a big old tie between Christy Matthewson, 1905, Lou Burdett in 1957, Jack Morris in 1991, Stan Kowalski in 1920, Madison Bumgarner in 2014, and Herb Pennock in 1926, all of them with 1.3. All very impressive. Certainly so. Uh, anything else you'd care to hear from this list of uh, World Series pitcher stats there, Corwin? No, I can't say that I do. Oh, I read a lot of numbers at y'all folks today. So yes, you uh, did. I think I'm ready to hang this up. You got anything else you want to say? I have one thing that I saw on Twitter earlier that I want to ask you. So I have the top f- or the bottom five in worst passer rating red zone. Uh, Red zone passer rating, Jesus, in this season in the NFL. I want you to try and guess who the bottom five would be. Uh, do they all start the season with on the team that they're like? like were they all opening day starters? They were all opening day starters. All okay. of them still starters. Okay. Um, Sam Darnold. Not on the list. Oh, thank God. Okay. Um. <laughs> um Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston, not on the list. Oh, um, uh, Kirk Cousins. Also not on the list. Wow, okay, Jesus. I'll start naming good quarterbacks now. Tom Brady. <laughs> Fifth worst. Wow, okay. Yeah. 
Um, the next four you should be able to get if uh, you really think about who the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year are. Okay, that puts a lot of pressure on me. Let's see if I can get this shit right now. You, sh- I think you should. Joe Flacco should be able to get two of them. Uh, no, Joe Flacco, not quite on this list. Um. Oh, uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield dead last with a thirty-five point three. Ooh, Brady Jesus. fifth. Brady fifth last has an eighty-one point four. Last has a thirty-five point three. Well, that's quite illustrative. Yeah. Um. So. Does this mean that neither of the Miami starters are there, or is Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan Fitzpatrick is fourth worst with a okay. seventy-eight point eight. Um, Case Keenum. No, do you want me just to give you the last two, it's or do you want to keep going for him? I I do want to keep guessing, but at this point, right, just one more me. one more guess. I'll give you that. All right, one more guess. Um, uh, uh the f- fucking guy from uh, Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen, not quite. Okay. Andy Dalton at third ah. worst with a 73, and Mitchell Trubisky ah. with a 50.3. Okay. Yeah, so Baker and Trubisky, two top three picks. Really bad. Just not great this year. Not I just, just thought that, that was a fun th- Those were both top two picks. Uh, oh, right. The Bears traded up for from three to two to get Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, I read a really good article about how basically the Bears are fucked because they're not going to be able to fix Trubisky. They're not going to be able to get a guy to replace Trubisky, and it's all just going to result in everyone being fired. What if... Uh, uh, who's a team that sucks? What, would, what if like what if like the, uh, the, 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 the Titans cut Mariota for some reason and then the Bears picked him up? I would take Mariota over Trubisky right now. And the one that they talked about was uh, the Jaguars trading Nick Foles. Okay. Because they have Garner Minshew. He's so young and so cheap. He's pretty much their guy of the future. They definitely want to get rid of Nick Foles because of how much that cap hit is basically destroying them if he's their backup for the future. Right. Um. The only problem is, why would the Bears want that cap hit? Um, Fair enough. Partially point. to save their job, but at the same Very time, it'll be interesting. There. I don't know. No. Mm, Anything else you want to cover today? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, no, nothing else for me. I think I'm good. All right. That works for me, too. All right. Then uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuiceTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find show notes, you can do so at juicethenumbers.wixsite.com slash website or juicethenumbers.com. And until Thursday, no, until Monday, I want to go. Goodbye.